Hey, this is Nikki McCrary, lead pastor at Eastern Heights Baptist Church in Statesboro, Georgia, where we exist to be a life-changing church. So as you listen, I pray that you will be encouraged in your walk with Christ and that your life will be forever changed as you grow in your relationship with Him. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Good. Well, welcome to Eastern Heights, where our vision is to be a life-changing church, and we believe that he wants to do something special in your life each and every single day. And that's why we're here today is to find out what God wants to do to change our lives even today. So I'm glad that you're here. We're starting this new series. I'm pretty excited about it. It's called Overwhelmed, Controlling the Chaos. And we're going to be in Matthew 11 today if you want to turn there. But could we all agree that life is pretty chaotic Could we agree that if our life was a little bit less chaotic, that it would be life-changing? Absolutely, I think we could. Well, speaking of chaos, I heard the story of a little boy, all right? He had a major problem with exaggerating. Matter of fact, it had gotten so bad it was creating all kinds of chaos for the home, and mom realized that it was pretty much basically becoming a form of subtle lying, and she did not want him to develop the habit of lying. So she talked to him about it, and he said that he would stop. All right? Well, the very next day, he come running in the house. Mama, I just saw the biggest bear in the entire world, and he tried to eat me. She said, now, Billy, we've talked about this says, you need to march into your room and have a little talk with Jesus and ask him to forgive you for your exaggerating and your lying. Well, Billy, he went to his room. About 10 minutes later, he came out of his room. Mom said, well, Billy, did you have that little talk with Jesus and ask him to forgive you for your exaggerating and your lying? He said, yes, ma'am, I did. He told me not to worry about it because when he first saw it, he thought it was a bear too. All right. It was a big dog. All right. Just a dog. All right. Well, so what in the world do you do when you're the parent of little ones, like some of y'all are, and life is just full of chaos, right? And, you know, if it's not the home life, it's the work situation. If it's not the work, then it's something else. We're going to be talking about a lot of those different things over the next few weeks. But speaking of moms and dads, okay, I want to remind you that Mother's Day is only two Sundays away from now. We're going to have a very special Mother's Day that day. Uh, We're going to have, for the service part, for the message time, we're going to interview a young mom who's a parent of a four-year-old and a little less than a two-year-old, okay? And she also uh, has a full-time job, and she's also a full-time wife, okay? And she's going to come and we're going to interview her about her story, about how that most of her life has been filled with stress and anxiety to the point where panic attacks had basically become a normal pattern for her, all right? And it kind of, the chaos just kind of was overwhelming her life in all areas, okay? And the title of that interview that day is going to be called One Big Hot Mess, all right? Because the young mom that I'm going to be interviewing is my daughter, Amber. See, it's already started. I don't know if we're going to make it through it, but we're going to try. But it's going to be great to hear the story of the stress and anxiety, the panic attacks, but how that with a lot of hard work, a lot of help, and with God, her life is no longer 
that way anymore. And so if you know somebody that's like that, I can't look at her, I can see that right now. If you know somebody that's like that, she doesn't have to be a mom, it could be a, a man, it could be a dad, it could be anybody out there. I want you to go home this afternoon and call them up and tell them to make plans to be here that day because I'm telling you, it's going to be life-changing if we get through it. All right, it really will. But over the next few weeks, we're going to be unpacking this topic of being overwhelmed and feeling overwhelmed. What causes it? You know, where does the chaos come from? How do we con control the chaos? And is it even possible to do that? And what does God's Word teach about the, all this? Because I think you'll be really surprised to learn that God actually has a lot to say about how to live the abundant life without feeling overwhelmed. He doesn't want us to live in this overwhelmed state. So, so to begin today's message, we're going to dive right in with defining what overwhelm means. If you have your bulletins, you might want to take notes here. Webster defines overwhelmed as to defeat completely, as in the red team overwhelmed the blue team 20 to nothing, okay? Uh, kind of like our softball game the other night, all right? Uh, the Urban Dictionary defines overwhelmed as a mixture of depression and stress. As in, I thought today was going to be chill, but you know, it's only lunchtime and I'm already completely overwhelmed, right? And I've heard a few other definitions of what overwhelmed is, but I can't repeat them in church and probably you, you've heard some of those too. So anyway, we'll just kind of leave it at that. But why is life so chaotic? And more importantly, does it have to be that way. I mean, is there something that we can do about it? And so I've always wondered how my um, psychology minor uh, in college was going to be uh, something I could use in ministry. Well, today is going to be that day because what I want to try to do is lay the foundation for controlling the chaos in your life from kind of the human perspective first, and then I think we'll be able to apply God's Word uh, a little bit more appropriately as we go on because basically we need to understand the basics of what being in a state of being overwhelmed is really about so that we can control the chaos before it controls us. And so that when we come out on the other side of this series using those two definitions I gave you, our life will sound something more like this. Because of God's presence, He has completely defeated the chaos in my life instead of the other way around. And because of God's presence, he has filled my life with joy and happiness during the times of depression and stress. See the difference? That, that's what I hope to come out on the other side of. So why do I feel so overwhelmed? I mean, I pray. I go to church. I try to do the right things. Did you notice any, any common word in, in that that I just said? The word I, that's right. You see, we have this need to be in control of the things of our life. And by things, I mean all the things. We want to control every single part of our life. And when we aren't in control, we kind of freak out, right? It's like when uh, a hurricane's coming. And you rush out to the grocery store to get your, your bread and your milk, all right? And all the shelves are already empty, and you're freaking out. Because you know if it's empty there, by the time you drive over to the other place, they're going to be empty too. And you're freaking. What are we going to do? All right, Or like when um, you, know, you hear there's going to be a shortage on gas and you run down you know, to the gas station and they're already seven or eight deep at every pump. And not only are they filling up their 40-gallon tanks in their SUVs, but they got six or seven of those five-gallon cans are also filling up too. 
And you're sitting there freaking out, waiting on it, because by the time you get up there, all gas is going to be gone, right? It's a, it's a freak out kind of thing. And then throw in a pandemic where you're driving around just to try to find toilet paper and paper towels and hand sanitizer. And we find ourselves overwhelmed because it's all out of our control. All of it is out of our control. And so we have this innate need to be in control because when we have that control, we feel happy. We feel calm. We feel satisfied with life, right? But when we don't, we feel like we need to worry. And we feel anxious. And we have this stress. And so what results from all this is this overwhelming fear of not being in control of the things of our lives. So what drives this need to feel in control? Well, like I said, we're going to look at it, first of all, from just kind of the human standpoint to get a basic understanding, and then I think that'll help us as we apply God's Word, and we're going to put some psychology behind it and then put them all together, okay? So psychologists tell us that we have some certain things that we've got to have in our life in order for us to function at a high level. And if we don't have these things, then we're going to constantly be living in this state of feeling overwhelmed, all right? And one of those things that we have to have in our life is this big word called autonomy. Autonomy, and, and that's just a fancy word for the need to feel in control of your life. And we all have it, all right? If we know what our next step is, if we know that the path is clear, then, you know, we feel pretty good about life. But if we don't know what the next step is and the path is not clear, that's when the chaos sets in. And then it begins to snowball, and then all of a sudden we feel overwhelmed because it's affecting everything in our life, and it's not affecting it in a good way. And so one of the key things that we need to learn about this control and the chaos thing to begin with is the fact that being overwhelmed and feeling overwhelmed rarely happens overnight. I mean, sure, there are some things that just come in, emergency situation kind of thing or something that just happens suddenly that can put your world into a spin out and just cause all kinds of chaos. But more often than not, it's, it's a series of events. They don't just happen overnight. They happen over a period of time. It's kind of, and it has this cumulative effect, and it, it just begins to pile up. And so that's what we call these series of events is chaos, right? And so I've already let the secret out of the bag with our subtitle that says controlling the chaos because I do believe it is possible to control the chaos. God doesn't want us to live in a total state of chaos all the time and feeling overwhelmed. And so I believe with his instructions, we're going to get a better grip on controlling the chaos. That's what this series is all about. So to help me explain it today, though, I'm going to use the iceberg principle, okay? The iceberg principle. It's been used in the secular, secular world a lot. Many of you that are in business or whatever might have seen it before. It's a, it, it, they use it to tell you how to be a, a better leader or how to be successful. And um, in, in our case today, I'm going to use it to talk about this need to be in control of our life. And if you're taking notes, basically the iceberg principle says this. What you see is not all there is to see. And icebergs and the Titanic, all that made this very popular, right? What you see is not all there is to see. There's more of the iceberg that's under the water than is on top of the water, right? You know, it's the same thing for us as human beings. What people actually see in our lives is not 
all there is to see. They only are seeing a fraction of our lives. They, you know, what's in our mind and what's in our heart, those are things that's hard for people to see, right? So as we dive deeper into why we have this need to be in control and why when things get so chaotic, we don't feel in control and what are we going to do about it? I think this iceberg principle is going to help us see that a little bit better, okay? And so we're going to start with the obvious thing and, and that is something that you can see, all right? And that is our behavior. You can obviously see people's behavior, the way they act, right? And um, we have reality shows on it, right? We have all kinds of things out there on social media about people's behavior. Uh, and, and I think the reason why we get into it so much is that if we can find somebody else's chaos that's just a little bit worse than ours, it kind of makes us feel a little bit better. So we go in search of all the chaos going on out there in the world. But the next thing that we see other than behavior is attitude. Attitude. These, these are the things that we see. So because we can see these two things, this is what we begin to work on. And we think that our thinking goes like this. You know, if I could just change my brother or sister's uh, behavior and their attitude, they would be a better brother or sister. Or if I could just change my parents' behavior and attitude, they would be better parents. Or if I could just change my kids' behavior and attitude, they, 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 would, uh, they would be better, right? And we get to thinking, you know what? If I could just change my friends' behavior and their attitude, they'd be a better friend. And then we get down to the real bigger one, you know? If I could just change my husband's behavior and attitude, our marriage would be a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the wiser. <laughs> and men, we're not going to admit it, but, you know, we, we, we're, we're thinking it. It's part of that underneath the stuff. <laughs> you know, we're thinking, if I could just change my wife's behavior and her attitude, we'd have a better situation, Right? We, we think all that because that's what we see out on the surface. That's why we think if we just change those two things, then life would be less chaotic and it would be less overwhelming. But, you know, trying to change someone's behavior and attitudes kind of like shooting a slingshot at an elephant, all right? It's really not getting to the main problem that you, you can see out there that's causing or that you can't see that's causing the situation. So right here is where we get to the what. You know, what is causing our behavior and attitude to be so consistent with this state of being overwhelmed all the time? What's the cause of this? Well, to do that, we got to go underneath the water here. we got to get into the psychology a little bit about what's causing all this. And the first thing that we're going to start with today is our feelings. Our feelings. We have feelings, all right? And whether you're a male or female, whether you're young or old, all of us in here have feelings. Now, some of us show them more than others. Some of us like to hide our feelings, but we all have them, right? And our feelings end up influencing our attitude and our behavior. Next, what affects our feelings is our thoughts. Our thoughts. What we are thinking about will eventually become our mindset because your mindset is nothing more than repeated patterns of thinking. So what you're sitting around dwelling on all the time and thinking about is eventually going to become your mindset and it's going to influence your feelings and your attitude and your behavior. The next thing, what influences our thoughts is our needs and our wants. And again, all of us have needs and wants. And if you have the things that you think you need and want, then life is pretty good for you, right? And you're pretty happy about things. 
So what influences your needs and wants? Well, it's our values. Our values are simply the core of who you are. The core of who you are. Next, our beliefs influence your values. Okay, because what's really important to you is what is eventually going to become a part of you. I told you we were going to get into the psychology of this, and I'm going to bring it all together here in a minute, so hang with me. we got one more, and it's called experiences. All the things that we experience in life form our beliefs. And so all of these things here in yellow, all these things underneath the surface, they all eventually affect our attitude and our behavior. So what does all this have to do, and what does it mean for controlling the chaos in my life. Well, let me see if I can bring it all into focus because what I need you to see today is that all the stuff underneath that surface, all those things that we just talked about that influence your attitude and your behavior, the part that other people aren't seeing, all of that stuff is taking place underneath the surface of the water, right? It's all underneath. People can't see it. But what I need you to understand, and, and what's going to bring it into focus now, is, is you understanding and learning today that all of that, that stuff in the water is where life happens. And it's where the circumstances of your life become reality. This is where you're living. This is where reality is setting in. It's when that job that you were hoping for doesn't come through. It's when your spouse comes in and says, you know, I'm not happy in our marriage anymore. It's when your kids are acting like a fool and totally out of control. And you literally don't know what to do. I mean literally. And it's bad. That's when the chaos is setting in. And see, this is where life is happening. It's when you apply to that school you've been trying to get into and, and all of a sudden the rejection letter comes in and you're not going. You didn't make it. Or it's when you go to the doctor and the report comes back and it's bad news. That's the reality of life. That's, that's the things that you get to the place and all of a sudden you realize I am not in control any longer. Right? And so when what influences your life and life circumstances, all this stuff that's taking place in the water, when that comes into conflict, when that butts up against each other, your series of events, this chaos, it begins this snowball effect in your life. Your, your beliefs and your values and your needs and wants, all of a sudden this chaos sets in and your thoughts have gone off the rail. And they produce feelings that you don't like or that you don't even understand. And then before you know it, what comes out in your behavior and your attitude is all a result of all of that chaos that's going on underneath the surface. And that's why we start acting weird. And that's why we feel overwhelmed. So what do we try to do? And I don't want you to try to get spiritual on me here and give me the Sunday school answer because some of you say, well, this is right here. Right here is where I up my Jesus game. You know, I start praying more. I start having my quiet time more regularly. I start reading my Bible a little bit more. I start going to church a little bit more. I just take it to the Lord and I just give it to Him. No, you don't. You don't do that. What we try to do is we try to get control again. Because things are out of control, we try to get control. And what we try to do, see, is we try to stabilize 
everything that's going on underneath the surface. All those currents that are creating chaos in our life. And so our need for control drives our anxiety and our stress and our fear. And our anxiety, stress, and fear drives our need for control. And so we end up in this never-ending cycle of trying to control the waters of life so that we don't feel overwhelmed. The great theologian, Forrest Gump, once said, you know, I may not be a very smart man, but I'm pretty sure you're never going to be able to control all of the waters of your life and all the circumstances that are going to come into it. So how does God tell us to deal with the chaos? I mean, how do we control this chaos? Well, I'm glad you asked me. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, he tells us this. He says, Then Jesus said, Come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. So another key principle to understanding and learning how to control the chaos is the principle of rest. And I'm not talking about the kind where you lay down and take a nap and just hope it all goes away by the time you wake up. That's not the kind of rest I'm talking about. I'm talking about a more permanent kind of rest, and that's resting in God. Okay. So for our remaining time, real quick, I want to give you the ABCs of resting in God. And I believe it will help you control the chaos. So if you're taking notes today, the A, step one, is to admit your need for God's help. Admit that you need God's help. In January of 2020, I became your lead pastor. In March of 2020, I was on a conference call with 27 other pastors and 27 other churches in our area, and we were making the decision collectively to shut down and close all of our churches due to something that we called the coronavirus, right? I've been your pastor two and a half months. Needless to say, my world got chaotic in a hurry, right? Well, shutting down the church was really the easy part. Because it was after that that my beliefs and my values and my needs and my wants and all of my feelings and stuff, they were suddenly out of my control. And I realized it. I realized it was out of my control. I had no control over sheltering in place. I had no control over the governor asking us not to gather in large gatherings for in-person meetings like churches and stuff. I had no control over any of that. I had no control really over when to reopen the church and to do it in a safe way. I mean, I could have opened, reopened it. We could have done that at any time. But when could we do it safely? Because the information was changing almost every single day, right? And besides, how do you open up a church when people won't come because they don't feel safe coming and being around other people? You can't have ministry without people to lead the ministry, right? And so it didn't take very long. For me to be overwhelmed. Now what did take some time was to realize that I was not in control. 
Because, I mean, I was listening to webinars. I was listening to seminars. I was listening to podcasts. I was reading everything I could get. My, I mean, I was trying to control this situation here. I can control this pandemic, all right? Well, it took me a while to realize I could not control it, all right? And it took a while for me to realize and admit that I needed God's help. But I want you to know, when I realized that and I gave it to God, he gave me the rest that he promised. And I no longer felt overwhelmed. And I know in some cases, you know, we create our own chaos and we bring it on ourselves. But sometimes, like in that situation, I didn't ask for that. It just came on me. It was given to me. All right? And so whether you bring it on yourself or whether somebody else gives it to you, you know, you've got to admit that you need God's help with it. And so I need you to hear me this morning. I need you to not miss this part. As you well know, the, the chaos did not go away, right? The chaos did not go away, but I no longer felt overwhelmed by it. I no longer felt controlled by it. Because I chose to give control in another way. And that was, I, I chose to admit that I needed God's help and I gave Him control of the situation. Step number two in controlling the chaos the B stands for burdens. Burdens. You see, burdens are meant to be exchanged. Burdens are meant to be exchanged. So if you're carrying a burden today, have you noticed something? If you're carrying a burden today, it means that you either picked it up yourself somewhere along the way, or somebody gave you one. Right? Just like this burden stick. This is literally called a burden stick. It was given to me at Upside Down Youth Camp 2019, along with every other camper there, leaders and kids alike. All week long, we had to carry our burden stick, didn't we, Elizabeth? We had to carry our burden stick all week long, and I'm going to tell you, it was a burden. It was a burden. What you don't know is I've already been carrying this burden for one other service. All right? It's heavier now than it was the first time. It really is becoming a burden. But see, if you're carrying a burden, you weren't meant to carry it by yourself. You might say, well, Jesus said that I need to carry my own cross. And he did. And you do. But you need to understand there's a difference between your cross and a burden. You, there may be many, many times you have to carry your cross by yourself, but you were never meant to carry your burdens alone. There's a difference, okay? And so Jesus used a simple illustration to tell us how to do this, and he used the example of a yoke. And so you know a yoke is, is a piece of wood that usually has uh, a rope or some kind of attachment for an animal on each end of it so that you can put two animals together because you know that two animals working together, you can get a lot more out of it than, than just one. So if you've got... Two horses together, it's like two horsepower instead of one horsepower, right? But the key to the yoke is understanding that you have to work together. Can you imagine the chaos that would ensue if you put two large animals in a yoke and one tried to go in one direction and the other tried to go in the other direction? It would be quite chaotic. And so that's not what it's meant to do. So Jesus said you have to make an exchange for this to work. And so what you have to do is you have to take him 
your burden and you have to take on his yoke. You give him your burden and you take on his yoke. Now, I want you to picture that yoke with me, okay? You got that picture in your mind? You see, you don't just go up to Jesus and dump your burden at his feet and then run off and do life by yourself again. That's not how it works. What I want you to picture is approaching Jesus with your burden. And Jesus is already in one of the loops of the yoke. And so what you do is you go up and you hand Jesus your burden, and then you get in the yoke with him because you partner up with Jesus. And your burden becomes easier to bear, Matthew 11 says. So the C, the third step, the C stands for carry God's yoke instead of yours. And so what you need to understand today is when you're carrying your own burden, your burden is a single-collar yoke, okay? Because you're carrying it all by yourself. There's not room for anybody else, not made for anybody else. I mean, you're carrying it all on your own. And so when you understand that you carry God's yoke instead of yours, his yoke is a two-collar yoke. See the difference? His is a two-collar yoke. He's already in one half of it. What you do is you partner up with the other half because his yoke, Jesus' yoke, is a two-collar yoke. And so it makes the burden easier for you to carry it because Jesus is helping you, and two are better than one. So automatically, the burden that you've been carrying and has gotten so heavy and led you to a state of being so overwhelmed in your life all this anxiety, all this stress, all, all of this stuff in your life, it just becomes easier to bear because you're not doing it alone. Now, I know that that's a whole lot easier said than done because we started out with this reality that we have an innate, which means it's born within us, need to be in control of our own life, Right? We do. But when we get overwhelmed with all the stuff under the water, and we get overwhelmed completely with all of the things that are literally out of our control, that's when we need to partner up with Jesus and give him our burden. So that's what I want to invite you to do today as you come to Jesus, is simply surrender control of your life to him. I promise you, he'll help you carry whatever it is that is weighing you down. And I am so glad that we've come to the end of this message. Maybe for the first time more than you. Because, see, now I can lay my burden down. really can't tell you how good that feels. My arms are kind of shaking from holding it so long. That's what we try to do. Or we just want to hang on to it. Because if I can hang on to it, I, I've got it. I can control it. But the real freedom is letting it go. Bringing it to Jesus today. And then 
Don't just leave it and walk off and go about life again because you'll pick up another burden or somebody else will give one to you. You don't even have to ask for it. But partner up with Jesus this time. Try the ABCs. Admit that you need God. Exchange your burden. Carry the yoke that's a double-collar one because it's actually lighter. It's actually lighter. Jesus loves you today. He's your friend. He doesn't want you to live overwhelmed. He doesn't want the chaos to control your life, folks. But you've got to make a move. You've got to make a decision. You've got to make a choice. And it begins with turning control over to Him, the thing that you want to hold on to the most. Would you pray with me today? Father, we, um, we are grateful for Your Word today that has given us encouragement that we don't have to let the chaos control our lives, but that we can find help in You. And the things that's overwhelming us right now that You will actually help us with. You'll help us carry it. Don't say you'll completely get rid of it. Don't say that you'll make it completely go away. But you do say that you'll help us to carry it. And so maybe there's a burden here today that if you give it to Jesus, he'll completely take it away from you. You won't even have it anymore. But for many of us, most of us probably, it's a burden we'll have to carry for a while. We just need help pray that we would turn to Jesus today for the help that only He can give. Father, may you take our lives now, change it, use us to bring life change to somebody else. All God's people said, We hope you were encouraged by this message today. If you would like more details on our church, please visit us at ehbcstatesboro.org.